This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to another episode of the No Ceilings Podcast. I'm Tyler Metcalf, joined, as always, by Tyler Rucker. He's back, folks. Rucker, how are we doing? Doing great. Allow me to reintroduce myself. Feels good to be back. I missed everyone dearly. Um, I can't believe Metcalf had to do a solo episode last week. I'm so proud of you. But, uh, you know, I'm, it feels good to be back. Um, I'm barely in one piece, but we're going to have some fun tonight. And I'm, I'm just really excited to be here. It felt wrong last week. It felt really wrong. How are you doing, Metcalf? How are we holding up? Oh, fantastic. Just li- living the dream. Um, gr- grad school semester started back up again, so <laughs> just sanity's out the window already. Two weeks yeah. in. Love it. Great times. But hey, just, just 12 months left, and then I'm free. So having the time of my life. <laughs> Go to school more? That sounds terrible. No, I, I'm proud of you for doing that. I also feel like you do your best scouting work when you're also just the madman doing the double life so this is good this is good for everyone listening yeah well we're, we're just gonna have a little fun today and talk about literally everyone in this draft class um you know just really narrowing down and focusing in on specific stuff but uh no so the obviously last week uh we put up a, a new, new composite big board over at no ceilings mba.com it's 100 free just go check it out and click that subscribe button while you're there um and we're just gonna kind of run through that composite big board about five spots at a time and go through some of our biggest differences, surprises, what we like, what we don't like, all of it. So top five, no real surprises here. So at number one, we have Victor Wembenyama, number two, Scoot Henderson, number three, Brandon Miller, number four, Amen Thompson, and number five, Asar Thompson. Anything really stand out there for you? No, I mean, everyone, For if you're a first-time listener, welcome. Please stay with us forever. We love you. But, you know, as always, composite rankings. So everyone on our No Ceilings team submitted a top 60. We averaged it out. This is what we got. Um, I think the big one that kind of caught some people by surprise was Brandon Miller at three. But um, I think that, you know, freak-out mode quickly quieted down when we started seeing what he's really been doing lately. And you know, I think there's a, a real world where he could be a top three pick or, mm-hmm. or top four pick, if you want to put it that way. So I think Miller there at three, I was, I wasn't that surprised. I was like, okay, yeah, that makes some sense. Um, the Thompson twins at four and five, when I saw the composite rankings, I was like, all right, look, interesting. Like got a lot of believers and, um, they're going to be fascinating Metcalf. like moving forward. It, it, it really is. I think highly of both of those guys, but, um, I think we could look down the road and they get drafted a little lower than we're expecting. And that's fine. But, you know, I'm just saying like, I could see one going third. I could see one going eighth or, you know, maybe they go six and nine. We don't know, but it's all going to be about fit. Um, what about you? Yeah. I and mean, it kind of, 
just going off of everyone's, you know, just the way everyone talks about these guys in the group chat, it, it felt pretty chalk for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, one and two, I that hasn't changed. I don't see it changing, um, barring some horrible medicals or whatever, something that we don't wish on them, obviously. Uh, Brandon Miller at three did surprise me a, a little bit, but then knowing the guys and just knowing our team, I know how a lot of them feel about the Thompson twins and how there's a lot of hesitancy to buy in. So by process of elimination, he just kind of seems like the standout. And I, and I talked about him last week a lot, um, still super high on him. I have him at four. I think a lot of the concerns with him are unnecessary. Um, but the Asar Thompson at five surprised me a little bit, but I also think I'm one of the lower ones on the team for him. Um, yeah. It's interesting because we're not the the team isn't Thompson haters. It's just no. everyone has a, a difference of how high they're valuing them. Um, I still have in my top four. Um, I I man when I'm talking about. Um, I I really like it. Do you have a star three? Oh gosh, no. What you know what? I, as as soon as I said that, I'm like, wait, do I do have that? So hold on, let me. I'll pull it up. I'll throw myself under the under the rug real quick. I think I even updated this a little bit. So here we go delaying because my computer doesn't <laughs> want to load the one thing um okay so i'm a liar um i had a start five okay. so i forgot i updated this i have a minute seven and it is not a, a you know a slander at, at a man i really really think he's special i think he's just gonna have to go to a team that needs a man to be what he can be and and i'm saying like he needs a ball in his hands they need to get someone needs to draft him to be like hey we need a point guard that can play fast and has great vision and um if he if he struggles as a point guard you know uh albert and Corey just did an episode with jeremy Wu on the draft mm-hmm. deck if you guys haven't listened to that go check it out i thought it was fantastic and they talked about the thompson twins and you know jeremy brought up a great point you said if if a man struggles as a point guard early on what are you going to do with them because you're probably taking them in the top five and that's not a guy you want to put in the g league if he's struggling because he's going to be a little bit older and, you know, top five pick. You don't want to all of a sudden be like, hey, we're putting our top five pick all of a sudden in the G League. That's going to just destroy confidence. So it's a good question. And it's yeah. something that I think we're all going to have to evaluate with the Thompson Twins moving forward because I like the overtime elite. I think they're going the right direction with that league yep. in our hurry. But that's going to still be a big jump in competition when you're going from there to the NBA. So just a lot of questions and and it's i think they're both outstanding prospects and it's not a knock against them it's just we might look down the road in june and they go a little later than we're expecting but right now i know i have them at five and seven i still think they both could be top five picks all right um well in the six to ten range we have uh jaris walker at six keontae george at seven cam whitmore at eight jet howard at nine and nick smith at ten um for me, this n- none of this top 10 really felt wrong. Obviously, there are some guys who are, ended up in a different spot than where I have them, but this top 10 felt pretty consistent with everything I've seen this year. And these, these to me at least, are pretty clearly the top 10 prospects in this class. I thought this top 10, and I'm not just saying this because no ceilings, because you guys would be shocked how many times I look at the composite and I'm like, hey, what are we doing? You know, and I, I give the crew some crap, but I'm like, 
when I saw this top 10, I said, Hey, I have no problem with the names. Um, and I thought it was very interesting with where some of the names ended up. Um, but they're all deserving of it. Um, jet at nine, what I think was going to surprise some people. It shouldn't. I mean, that's how special and, and interesting of a prospect he's looking. I think Whitmore deserves to be at eight right now. I know he's been a little bit slower and some aren't in love with the flashes, but I think some of the flashes are starting to come alive. And I have my thoughts about the fit at Nova. Um, I've watched some of their games down the end and I'm like, what, what are we doing with Cam Whitmore on the bench right now? You're down four with five minutes. Let's, let's get the juice back in. And he's shown some flashes um, that are just nasty when we, we knew he was going to be a powerful dunker when he gets a, you know, clear lane, but um, the, the wild card in this stretch. And I'm wondering that I'm really excited for the next mock update is Keontae in my opinion, because he's been fantastic. He's been sensational. Um, I, I think he just had a disappointing performance. Um, I forgot who they play off the top of my head. Sorry, folks. My, my brain's coming back to reality, but He's been on a heater for the last couple of weeks, and I'm just trying to figure out. I mean, I think me and you talked about this. Like, how high could Keontae go? And I think he's he's putting that conversation into reality right now because I think all it takes is one team to fall in love with him. So that's that's all my thoughts. Yeah, and Keontae's been awesome recently. Um, I think against Kansas, he struggled really badly shooting. Yeah. Um, but I mean, he's been he's just gotten better as the season's progressed and we've talked a ton about him and how much different his role at Baylor is this year than it was at IMG and how he's asked and has to do so much more on both ends of the floor. And there's that obviously going to be just a natural learning curve to that and a conditioning process to that. Um, I have Keontae at seven right now. You know, he's kind of in that mix where it's like five and six makes a lot of sense to me too. Like I, I don't see any, fault in that but if you're still really hesitant on if the shot's really going to come around or not i also get people who have him at 10 or 11 um I, that feels a little low to me i think there's too much talent and too much versatility there with him for that um i want to talk to you about whitmore some because we haven't really dove in on him a ton i also want to make sure we don't skip over nick smith so yeah, we well, can do both yeah. of these okay talk to me about whitmore are you, you got, con are you concerned at all because you you had him top five ish coming into the season, I was a little more hesitant. I I still have him at ten, but so much of that is me just buying in on the athleticism and the potential of what he could be. And if I was going off of strictly what he's shown this year, I'm not sure he would be in the lottery for me. I, and obviously I know that's part of what the whole draft is is going with potential and whatnot. But you get what I'm saying. Yeah, the, the problem with the guys that start out late to, you know, when you're injured, like Tariq Whitehead even was a couple of games delayed, but he wasn't as late as Whitmore. And um, for everyone that hasn't heard, we, me and Metcalf just looked up. Apparently, Tariq suffered a strain is what they're calling it or what Mr. Shire is calling it. So shout out to Dariq get healthy, but that was scary. We thought that was going to be an Achilles. So it looks like it's a strain that results came back positive, but anyways, Whitmore got much more delayed result or start to the year. I think it's going to be one of these things Metcalf where it's just 
the more he plays, the more film we get, the more run he gets, it's going to start looking smoother of and clearer of what his potential could be at the next level. And I think, I don't think he's going to be the guy early on that I thought he was coming into the NBA. Like I, I thought he was going to potentially be this superstar early on in his career. First couple of years. I think it's going to take some time to get going. Um, he looks like he might just be one of these, we need the outside shot to click. And then all of a sudden things could get more interesting because he shows some stuff off the bounce, but it, it also is raw where it comes like he needs, he needs a developmental coach to kind of unlock some areas and, you know, show some, some different stuff. And these are also guys that the season ends and they go in a gym and people know how to work on their handles. And all of a sudden you're like, you know, Scotty Barnes, perfect example. All of a sudden Scotty Barnes looks in workouts. We're like, what the heck, where does this come in from? So Whitmore calls Scotty Barnes. That's some advice. I, I think he, I can't get him out of my top 10. Um, if he That's keeps playing this way, yeah, he's a top 10 guy to me. And, and I even think I moved him. I had him at eight. So he ended up at eight on our composite. I moved him down to eight and I stared at it and I was like, I can't poop. I love him still. Like as a top 10 guy, I would feel fine. If you, if you were an NBA team and you got Whitmore at like eight or nine, I think you'd be really pumped because there's just a lot of stuff that needs to get untapped. But, um, we're seeing he's a little bit more raw, I think. Yeah. But when he flashes, it's, oh my gosh. You know, this is athleticism and pop that will translate at the NBA pretty quickly. It's just the shot, the handle, everything's got to develop. Yeah, and that that's kind of where I ended up landing on him. Whereas, like, I, I, I think at one point I dropped him to, like, 13 or 14, and it just didn't look right. It didn't feel right. And it's like, no, like I, I can't move you outside of the top 10. There are not 12, 13, 11, 12, 13 players in this class who are better than you or have your, who have a combination that's better than your potential paired with what you currently are. Um, I have some worries about what he is as a scorer. Um, I think he's going to be more of a play finisher. I don't really see a ton of offensive creation upside with him. Um, like I, his ball handling is really confusing because it looks controlled. It looks tight, but he doesn't do anything with it. Everything is either North or South where he can generate a lot of, sp a lot of space on the step back uh, because of how explosive he is as an athlete, but the shot isn't there to really make that a threat. And when defenders just sit on the drive and don't worry about him going, you know, East or West, he kind of becomes an easy guard when he has the ball in his hand. So I worry about obviously things can improve and can get better. Uh, the foundation of the handle maybe is a really good suggestion of how that could improve down the line and how he could improve his flexibility with it. But as if, you know, coming into the season, he was being pitched as this dominant all-star potential scorer. And I just never really saw that. So I'm a little worried about what he is. And if he's just this awesome play finisher, um, Really, I really like his cutting, the offensive rebounding, um, that kind of stuff. If he can figure out his shot, I think the touch is okay. The arc and like the trajectory on a shot is all over the place and basically different by the shot. Um, but the mechanics and the touch itself, it feels like it's something that can be worked on. Defensively, I love the on-ball stuff. The off-ball stuff, he looks completely lost and like he has no idea what he's doing or supposed to be doing out there. Um, but the defensive playmaking, because of that explosiveness, that athleticism, the footwork, the balance, the strength, all of that, 
is really impressive. So I, you know, when you said that he's just a lot more raw than some of us maybe thought coming into the season, I think that may be the best way to put it. They're not the same players when I say this, but I have the same vibes of what they are going into the NBA of like, they need to work on these areas in a hurry, like Jalen Brown, when he came out of Cal with, with Whitmore, like they're not the same players, but you know, six, seven, they have a little bit of handle and a little bit of wiggle, but they got to, they got to work on it quickly. You got to get some more creativity, some more imagination. The shots got to get unlocked. Like you could see when they're, when they had those explosive flashes, you're like, okay, there's something there. Like there is a, ball of clay that needs to get molded by some developmental staff. Whitmore has the tools. I just, I thought maybe we were going to see it faster. And I was like, okay, this guy coming into the year looks like a top five guy, but still when I, when his flat, when he's cooking, I've, I've watched all these guys. Like I've watched, I've doing these midterms for our YouTube channel. Go check them out. I just posted one of Jalen Hood, Fino, who I absolutely adore. And when I'm, I'm love doing it because it's like, I'm seeing everyone's highs. Like I, yeah. okay. And then I get to measure and compare everybody's highs. And when Whitmore's highs are rolling, I'm like, whoa, sure. goodness. So, um, but that's why we don't just watch highlight tapes. Like <laughs> yeah. those are good to catch up on what, like what these guys can do. And that's why I do them is I want everyone to be able to be like, okay, what can they do right now? But Whitmore's got to be more consistent and on unlock a little bit more and play the damn kid. So that's all I got. But, um, Talk to me about Nick Smith, because this is one I'm struggling with. And I know the injury thing, but I've I've watched his tape and I'm still struggling because uh, yeah. Is there a word? Here's a hot question, just because you know I had a slam of coffee because I was so excited before this episode <laughs> to be back. Is there a world where the I'm trying to compare Whitmore and Nick Smith? So that's what I'm trying to say. Like, there's some questions about both about the star power. And I know Nick Smith might come back in a couple of weeks and all of a sudden just go on a tear and I'll be like, okay, this is done. But I'm trying to figure out, is there a world where Nick Smith is a scarier draft prospect than Whitmore? If it comes to like, they don't reach their, their plot, you know, their heights. I, I, I don't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I, I, I think so. Um, because just with the shot, I think the, you know, the mediocre outcome for Nick Smith on offense at least is a lot higher than it is for Cam Whitmore. Yeah. Uh, there's just so much more things you could do with him in an offense, whether it's being that kind of combo guard or a shooting guard or a point guard. Right. Um, I, I think there's just more that you can do with him on offense. Whereas Cam, if that shot never really comes around, if that handle really never improves a ton. Okay. Like he's, just okay on offense and just relies purely on the explosiveness and the athleticism, um, which for a lot of guys turns into a really good NBA career. And I'm sure it would for cam too, but you know, at, at that point you're an injury away from being like, Oh, you're like a 10th man. Um, so my issue with Smith is that it never felt like he was really fully healthy this year. Right. Where right. And that's felt where like, at. yes, it kind of felt like he was going at like 70, 80% all season. Obviously my percentages are spot on because I'm, you know, super plugged in and, and, and know his body much better than he does. So um, obviously pure speculation, but just the way he was moving um, compared to his high school film, it just felt different. It felt a little sluggish, like, like he was running in sand almost. So I, 
I'm not sure we're going to be able to get an awesome evaluation on him this year. And that will either suck really badly or an NBA team could get really lucky. I think it's trending towards that second part, because if you go back and we did the episodes coming into the year and I, I was, I just had PTSD. Um, I was struggling with Nick Smith. I was like, I'm struggling to buy in. And then I watched the, um, the game in Portland and I was like, Oh, he made a couple of plays. I was like, okay, I'm in. Like, I was like, you, you got me hooked. And I think I had the same exact thing when I was watching his film. It's like, I, I was like, okay, like, when is it? And then he makes a couple of plays. I'm like, all right, there it is. So just wanted to throw that out, but okay. We focused too much on the six through 10, but that was a hot zone. So yeah, hit, hit me with it. Yeah. So like for me, this is a pretty big drop off in tier. Um, and not big drop off, but this is for me at least where the tiers kind of change. So at 11, uh, Max Lewis, uh, 12, Gigi Jackson, 13, Kaysen Wallace, 14, Anthony Black, and 15, Derek Whitehead. Where do you want to start? Hit me. I need help with Anthony Black. So Okay, okay, here we go. I Currently, I have him at 14, so exactly where we have him on the composite. Um, but spiritually it feels like i'm a lot lower on him than basically the rest of the world why am i not as excited about anthony black as most people um i'm gonna guess if i was guessing what tyler metcalf's thinking i'm thinking you're still not sold on the shot a thousand percent um he's here, I will put this out here. And, and I actually do really, really like Anthony Black. I think someone's going to steal him. And, and yeah. I think he's, if you want to talk about connectors, which I saw a tweet, I'm sorry if you're listening and you tweeted this, I don't remember, but someone tweeted out like connectors needs to be viewed as a positive, not a negative. And I was like, yeah. I could not agree more. It so. should be like a blessing from the draft community. If you get said like, this guy's a connector because connectors, take teams to the next level connectors play 10 years in the NBA and they're desired everywhere. Connectors make everyone better. Um, and I think Anthony black has the shot to be a very, very good connector. Now the thing with connectors is you're never really going to say like, Hey, take over. Um, right. you know, you're, they're just going to do everything. They're going to fill it up. Some nights they might have 15, seven and nine. Some nights they might have eight, six and 12 it just they kind of go with the flow and i think anthony black's got the tools to be one of those guys that's just gonna make your team better and, and really impact the game in a lot of ways like make winning plays help the team become winners and the thing with him is that nick smith goes down and i was like this is a big stretch for anthony black with yeah. nick smith out like you need to be the guy take over and i feel like he wasn't he was having some good games, but he wasn't really doing that. And then he's had a couple stretches lately. He's just been on a tear and it's like, okay, here we go. Now you're starting to get that mentality. I think this is a couple big weeks. Um, if they have an idea that Nick's coming back, this is a bit, couple big weeks for Anthony Black to keep, keep rolling, keep it cooking because there's going to be plenty of fans in front offices that for are, sure desired a six seven playmaking guard that has upside and if you want to stay safe in a weird way like i just think like i even had him at 14 or 15 but uh, it's i i still like him a lot and 
I wouldn't be shocked if someone takes him in the top 10 just because they're like, hey, you know, higher floor um, guy that we feel safe about. But I understand if if you're hesitating because you don't think it's the sexy pick. But I, I when you get to the end of the lottery, I'm always like, get a safe guy. You know, don't swing for the fence. Hit a, hit a double. You'll be very happy with your contract extension down the road. Yeah, and, and it's kind of the same thought process that I just went through with Cam Whitmore, where it's yeah. like at, at one point I had him outside the lottery and closer to 20 than 10. And I was like, really? Like this dude, six seven point guard, essentially? Like you're going to put him at outside of the lottery? Like it, it, it felt wrong. Um, I don't buy the shot at all. And what really concerns me about it is that it doesn't feel like he buys or believes in his shot at all. Um, where I mean, he, he passes up open looks all the time and just doesn't even bother looking at the rim. And that concerns me because that shows me that he has zero confidence in shooting anything from outside. And the fact that there's zero spacing on that team whatsoever completely negates what he's best at, which is getting to the rim and getting into the interior for scoring and playmaking. So I just, every time I move him down, I'm like, no, put him back up. Think about him in NBA spacing. Think about him with NBA pace and how much easier it's going to be for him to get to the rim and attack, you know, those open spaces that the NBA has that this Arkansas team sure as shit doesn't have. So it's, it's really hard for me because it's, I'm not loving everything I'm seeing on tape from him, but theoretically for where he could be and, you know, at the next level, it's like, there are going to be a lot more favorable opportunities for him to compete and contribute. Yeah, and you're talking about a guy like that too, that every time guys go to the next level, yeah, the speed gets turned up to overdrive, but the spacing, if you're a playmaker and you get all the spacing now and all these, you're playing with NBA guys, no, no offense to, you know, the Arkansas teammates right now, but you also got to think about, you know, they've they've been decimated by injuries. You know, Trevon Brazil gets hurt. Um, Nick Smith out. I love Ricky Council, but he's not a consistent three-point guy that you're worried about if you're playing against them. So you're clogging up a lot of space right now. And I don't know. I, I like I continue. It was funny that it ended up Casey Wallace at 13, Anthony Black at 14, because I think that's gonna be one of my favorite debates for the next couple months. Yeah. Is because I love both of those guys as guards. They're both different um, in so many ways. And I don't know. I, I, I'm right there with you. But I think Anthony Black's going to be trending up. I mean, you know, shout out again to Corey and Albert. They just had Jeremy Wu on. Jeremy Wu had him third. And yeah. when they asked him about him, I thought Jeremy Wu brought up great points. Because just because we have him at 14, 15, does not, it only takes one NBA team to fall in love with a guy like that. And um, he's got a lot of tools in his shed to really impact the next level but it's just is someone convinced that the shot's coming around on a consistent level i think that's the only thing you got to worry about all right max lewis at 11 i think is the out of this group the 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 big surprise um i like max lewis a lot i have met 17 um i think he's still super raw on offense which is scary given how productive he's been um you know, we, we've talked about him recently about how he's trying some really complex moves out there and they're not always working uh, because he's, you know, probably barely ever done them or is relatively new to them. But that's really encouraging for two years from now. Once he gets those down, it's like, oh, shit, combine that with the shot and that size. Love that. 11 is too rich for me. Um, 
where where are you at with him? I I'm I'm in agreement. Um he's cooled off a little bit. He's still have if you look at his numbers the whole year, you're gonna be like, oh my gosh, but he's just from what he was doing, he's cooled off a little bit, you know, which is fine. Yeah, that's what expected. You all of a sudden have the attention of the entire world and they're, you know, scouting to stop you. Um I had him at 13 and looking right now at my board, I would probably move him to 15. Um, I really, really like Max Lewis. Mm -hmm. Really, really like him. Um, There's just some guys that are starting to get my attention a little bit more and heat up a little bit. And I think Lewis is is still going to be one of those guys that he's got a really bright future down the road, but I just want some team to get him and be like, we're not rushing this because we see all the tools that you have to be a dominant player in this league. But he's trying, you're right. He's trying some stuff that you're like, like I, when I did his midterms, I was like, my goodness, (laughs) like some of the stuff he's already got in his bag that it really does look like he's, he's experimenting at times. Like, and I'm like, Oh gosh, if you get that down, like my goodness. And it's, a lot of post work, a lot of good footwork, some stuff off the dribble. So there's a lot of really exciting stuff. Um, and like, as I'm saying that, I'm like, well, is that what you would want to take out of it? It, it? If a team's there, that shouldn't be like Golden State somehow ends up there. They might look at Max Willis and be like, yep, like, why not? We would develop him and be patient. But also, if a team needs a guy to just come in and be a contributor right away, they might look at him like, hey, he might not be ready right away to play major minutes. And it's not slander against Max Lewis. It's just this is a guy that's late right. developing and yeah. coming into his own game. So I'm right there with you. I thought that was – I know we have a lot of fans at No Ceilings, but I thought that was a little bit of like a, whoa, okay, all right, here we go. Like, But that's always my favorite is to see the next one. Like, okay, is everyone sticking to their guns or is Max Lewis coming back down to like 13, 14? And that, that'll tell you a lot. All right, uh, moving on to 16 through 20. This could get interesting. So yes, at could. 16, we have Jalen Huchifino, uh, 17, Grady Dick, 18, Terquavion Smith, 19, Chris Murray, and 20, Bryce Sensabaugh. Where do you want to start? This is where I got juicy when I saw these numbers. I was <laughs> like, whoa, boys and girls at those ceilings. We need to talk. Um, yep. I was very proud of the Huchifino ranking. Yep. Um, I would say I would, I have, uh, well, I personally have Hutchifino and Grady Dick above 16 and 17. So what do you, where do you want to start? Um, so I know I have Grady Dick at 15. I have Hutchifino at 16. He's been in that group. Both those guys have been in that group with Casey Wallace, Gigi Jackson, Anthony Black, um, where I'm basically just moving, interchanging them by the game. It seems like, um, and then, Oh, and, and Max Lewis in there as well. Um, but then after that, it's a pretty big drop off for me. Um, do you want to talk about Chris Murray or Sensible? Because the, the those are the two where I'm differing the most on. I didn't have both of them in my top twenty, so I, we can have some fun here if you want. Um, talk to me about Sensible. I feel like you've been trying to stir up the pot a little for everyone that isn't in the group chat. I feel like Metcalf <laughs> likes to stir up the pot about Sensible like once a week. And it's my favorite text to read. I'm like, here we go. And I feel like I get... um, 
and it i'm just I really like, this is not, I like every prospect and I, I get sensible and I get, someone's going to take him early and I understand yep. when, why they're going to do it. Oh, some percent. Um, I just have concerns and I did his midterm and I liked it. Um, the defense worries me, but I don't think anyone's drafting him for defense. So if someone's drafting him, they're saying we need offense, go do what you do. But you you made up a good point. You're, I mean, you're like every every damn shot's tough. Every shot's contested. Every you know, and he has some good stuff on offense. I'm not going to take that away from him. He has some na- nasty footwork. He has he knows how to use his body. Like I like sense of ball, but um, I just have some questions. Those are the ones you'd take, and if you took them early, you probably aren't sleeping too well. Yeah, um, nothing is easy for him besides the spot up threes and. There's been some outlandish things said on the internet about Bryce Sensible, um, which I just cannot get behind. But I I just don't know what what gets easier for him in the NBA. Um, because everything he does right now is extremely difficult in terms of shot making. And the uh, being a tough shot maker is an awesome skill, yes, in its own right. So I'm not trying to take that away from him. I he has beautiful scoring touch, really good shooter. Um, but nothing's easy. He doesn't get to the rim consistently. He, his mid range fadeaways, they look gorgeous when they go in, but in that Minnesota game, he's getting locked down by Jamison battle, who is not an NBA player or NBA defender. Sorry, Jamison. Sorry, Jamison. Um, but that's the crux of it. And when the shot is going in, it looks awesome. But when it's not, what is he doing? And I know that's going in a lot more than it's not right now, but in these games where it hasn't been falling, the shot attempts look the exact same as the games where it goes in, but they're really heavily contested. They're getting blocked. Um, he's got a great sense of how much space he needs and it isn't much to get a shot off, but against NBA athletes and NBA defenders on a nightly basis, is he going to be able to keep getting those shots off? I hesitate to buy into that idea. Um, the passing early in the season was non-existent. It's getting better. Um, I think there's some really good signs of him being able to use that scoring gravity to make kickouts or dump off passes. And there have been a handful of games where he should have had four or five, six assists, but his teammates either dropped the ball or missed a wide open corner three. So, you know, I, I do think the passing is trending in the right direction, but again, if he's not really pressuring the rim, if he's not beating his defender off the dribble, if he's not creating space on ball, why is the defense going to help off in those situations and free up those cutters or shooters or rollers or whatever? So I don't see how that necessarily comes to fruition unless he's just spamming pick and roll. Um, then I get the argument of, okay, well, his off-ball shooting is awesome. Okay. Are you really taking a uh, just a, a really good off-ball shooter in the lottery if that's all he's doing? Because if you're doing that, if you're taking an awesome off-ball shooter – if that's their only skill in the lottery, I need them to be an awesome defender as well. And on that end of the floor, it is brutal. Um, his rebounding numbers are awesome. He's really strong. I like, I really like his rebounding as well. So when the shot's not falling, typically he's able to kind of, you know, get eight to 10 rebounds still, but 
the off-ball defense, he's lost on every possession. The on-ball defense, the footwork isn't there and usually is just a sloppy closeout because he's already lost because of being it or just lacking the awareness off-ball. So he his highlight film is arguably the sexiest in this draft class because some oh, of the yeah. shot-making stuff he does is absolutely incredible. So I, I'm not trying to discredit that. It's just he's that type of player I really struggle to buy in on because I, I get the idea, but I just struggle to see it really translating to the next level. I Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, his his highlight tape, when I did his midterms, I was like, yeah, people are going to fall in love with the highlight tape. And he's got a great shot. He's a tough shot maker. I could not agree with you more. We talk about it over and over again. I believe being a tough shot maker is a skill. Yes. If you could be smothered and you could still be comfortable. That is a skill because there's a lot of people that can't do that. When they're smothered, they cannot feel comfortable. But the, the, an important thing to realize with some of these guys is they're going to go to the NBA. And this is going to the National Basketball Association. Some of the best coaches in the world, some of the best players in the world. And the first thing they're always going to do is find your strength. And they're going to do everything they can do to eliminate it. So if Bryce Sensible can't just, you know, spot up and shoot, or, you know, if he's going to get smothered and they're like, hey, just make him put it on the ground. What's he going to do? And if his shot's not falling, what's Sensible bringing to the table? And it's nothing against, you know, his ability because he is just, he lights it up and it, yeah. his shot is gorgeous. And yeah. it's just like, you know, it's consistent. He's putting up great numbers. Like I said, I could still see him being a top 20 pick and he goes earlier and expected. I'm like, I get it. Um, but it's just, you, you have to also be seeing the bigger picture where it's like, okay, well, if a team is, if he is in the, you know, if a team's in the 18 range and they need offense and they're right on the grass of being a playoff team, I would be like, Hey, look at sensible. So I, I still think he's a potential top 20 guy. It's just, that's one I'm, I'm right there with you. If you're taking him lottery, um, you, you got to believe that there's a lot of stuff that can be unlocked because right now he's getting tough shots with using his frame and um, guys are all over him and he's and hats to him. He's still making a lot of tough shots, but I'm gonna have to wait and see. Um to answer your other question, let's shift to Chris Murray. Chris Murray, um, shout out Steven. He's I think <laughs> got a 10% on Chris Murray's draft stock, whatever from the agent. 19, I understand. I had Chris at 24. Um, 26. And I have Sensible at 25 for what it's worth. And I had Sensible at 22 for what it's worth. So everyone's going to be like, you guys hate him. I'm like, he, I have him two spots lower than he right. projected on here. Chris just. I really like Chris and it's not just because I loved Keegan. Um, they're Chris very just, different players to me. They're very different, very different. I just think Chris is going to be, if you get outside the top 20 and you can land Chris Murray, you're going to be really excited. But if someone's trying to say like, Hey, we take Chris Murray at 15, I'd be like, Oof, you better be not needing much. You know, you better <laughs> be a playoff team. That's just like, we really need Chris Murray. We need a smart yeah. guy that's, you know, going to play this role. That's the missing piece of the puzzle for us. But having a great year. I like Chris Murray a lot. I think he's I think he's impressed me this year with his touch around the basket. He's doing a lot of physical stuff when it comes to in the post and finishing and I'm like, "Okay, 
in the in the passing, I thought some games that mm-hmm. I brought this up before, but the Duke game they played at Madison Square Garden. He just had a nightmare game. I thought he was doing everything in his power to just be like, okay, I don't have it tonight. How can I help? And he made some great passes. I don't know. Top twenty is a little rich for me, but yeah, I mean, same. I I just I see him as I and mean, I've warmed up on him pretty steadily as the years gone on because he just kind of keeps doing what he's doing, um, and it's just kind of consistent production throughout. He's not going to be this role in the NBA. He's not going to get this amount of touches or this level of usage in the NBA. Um, He doesn't have that same kind of on-ball creation that Keegan had. Uh, The shot isn't as good as Keegan's. I kind of keep coming away underwhelmed with Chris's shot. It's not bad, but it's not like, oh, boom, calling card. I I think he's just a really good play finisher and ball mover on offense. Um, I think he's a really good decision maker on both ends of the floor. I like his defensive footwork. Uh, The defense isn't overwhelming, but it's really disciplined. It's sound. It's reliable. So when in this draft class, I kind of right around the 20 to 25 mark, I kind of start getting a little underwhelmed with a lot of these guys. And it's like, if you can just get a really solid role player, you know, eighth, seventh, eighth man in your rotation, that's awesome. That's a really good value. And I, I've kind of come around to the fact that Chris Murray could be that. So, all right, uh, moving on to 21 through 25. Uh, so at 21, we have Marcus Sasser, 22, Colby Jones, 23, Noah Clowney, uh, 24, Ryan Ruper, and 25, Jordan Hawkins. I like a lot of these guys in this range. Um, where do you want to start? Um, I'm higher on Hawkins. I have him at 20. Uh, big fan of wow, him. Wow, I'm proud of you. I didn't think, wow, this is a big night. I I feel like a lot of people are cooling on him. I've heard some people be like, yeah, early second round. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Why? Like, I love him. Um, yeah. I think he's... Now, there's a... Now, here's a guy. Shout out Chris Condor. Here's a guy. Like, we're talking about Bryce Sensabaugh. Like, offensive bucket. I think... I just did Jordan Hawkins film breakdown and that dude runs a mile on offense to get open. It is unbelievable how he just sells like, Oh man, he's a weapon. Um, Like people are going to look at him and be like, Oh, he just shoots a ton of threes in the games. I'm like, no, Jordan Hawkins is working during games. Like he runs all over the place. He's putting people, he's selling screens. He's going off of a couple screens. He's doing elevator. I mean, he's just possessed out there and, all over the place. I just think there's a lot of tools that are getting a little slept on because I think a lot of people will look at his games and it's like, okay, he's, he's not impacting the box scores in a number of different ways, but he's shooting a lot of threes and he's getting a lot of shots up. And it's like, hey, UConn's got a, a tough team this year. There's a reason why they're running a lot of sets for Jordan Hawkins. And I think he's just, I think that's a guy that's going to keep creeping up. Um, you know, six five sophomore with a beautiful stroke from outside, like, I, I'm a very big fan. Yeah, and then I, I think the other name to really keep an eye on in this group um, is Ryan Rupert, uh yes. with the New Zealand Breakers. You just wrote an awesome breakdown over at NoSealandsNBA.com. Go check it out. It's 100% free. Um, do you want to just, j- just g- give us the elevator pitch to to really entice people to go check out that piece? Um, I think this is the name that's going to skyrocket. Um heard a couple whispers that I was very shocked to hear. Um, I think he's got a ton of fans, so I would not be surprised if we need to start paying attention to the repair stock. 
he i i do deep breakdown in his film there's some stuff that's just crazy potential uh he's got terrifying speed that i think he's still trying to figure out like oh my gosh i'm this fast with the ball in my hands and defensively his feet metcalf yeah you would fall in love or i don't know if you've watched him but like that guy's feet are constantly he looks like a ballerina he's just constantly moving he's never falling asleep and he's got you know he's six seven with a seven three wingspan and everyone i wrote my article if you haven't checked it out everyone i said it's the classic sales pitch of like oh defensive specialist three and d that's working on the shot and i'm like no 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 this has some serious serious potential that we all need to be on alert for because there's some really fun stuff and uh, i compared it to his first 16 games this year in the NBL to Usman Jang's last year. Numbers are all better than Jang's. I, they're not impressive, but he's he's more progressed. And I think you're going to see as the season goes on, they're going to start playing him heavier minutes and stuff. That's what they did with Jang last year. But mm-hmm. there's a lot of fun stuff. Um, there, there's just a lot of – there's some three-level stuff. The shot – me and you talked about him from uh, FIBA play – the shot yep. looks so much better after I did my dip. I was like, Oh, well, okay, this is really coming around and it's consistent. You can tell that he's working on it. So like I, I watched that and I was like, okay, I, I need to start moving him up. And it's funny because I hate doing that with guys that just don't have great stats. Like I, I I'm always like, eh. and then I watched the film and I was like, Whoa, okay. <laughs> There's some stuff here. So I think he's going to be a hot name in, in NBA front offices. All right, well, rounding out the first round, uh, we have, or our top 30, I should say, um, Kyle Filipowski at 26, Julian Phillips at 27, Nikola Jurisic at 28, Taylor Hendricks at 29, and Jalen Clark at 30. I was actually pretty proud of the No Ceilings crew for uh, keeping Julian Phillips in the top 30. I'm going to be interested. He he keeps having some games that are a little bit of eye openers. Like, whoa, okay. Like Julian had a double double and, and looked good. And then he has a couple slow games, but Hey, that's playing at, you know, Tennessee. Um, so I'll be interested to see what happens. I feel like that stock's cooling a little bit around the big board mainstream. If you want to put it that way, Taylor Hendricks, what do you think? We haven't talked about Taylor. Um, I'm intrigued. I, I need to watch more of the nuances of his game. Um, I, I think the shot looks good. Uh, the, the shot blocking numbers are obviously really impressive. Um, I don't really think he can do much of anything with the ball right now. And I'm a little hesitant on the defensive versatility. So I, I just kind of need to catch up a little more with him and dive into just him specifically. But at his size with his age and the, the shooting and shot blocking uh, numbers being what they are, it's kind of hard to deny him being a really enticing prospect. Yeah. I, I think he could be a riser for sure. Um, doing his breakdown. I, I was intrigued that he, he could shoot it, but I'm like, you, I need to see a little bit more stuff off the dribble and stuff. He can get nasty around the basket. He's fun. He's one of those guys that'll throw down some, some poster slams. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a nice little group right there. Um, I still love Jalen Clark. I was actually loving that he ended up at 30. I was like, yes, that's great. Where are you at with Filipowski? Because I find myself kind of cooling on him. Um, I'm, I'm probably trending towards cooling. I had him at 29. Okay. Yeah, I have him um, at 30. 
it's just going to be one of those guys that, you know, I, I, I think if you get 25 to 35 anywhere you took him, I think you'd be like, all right, you, yeah. you believe I, I, I think if someone got him as a rotation big early on, you'd be very excited with life. Um, if that was like Filipowski early on is coming off the bench to do what he does best. And that's a nice asset to have. And I'm not slandering him. I just think, you know, if you took him in the lottery, I'd be like, okay. And um, I, I like his game. I just think you got to have a, a specific plan for what you want to do with him, but he's skilled. I like it. Um, Wish the three point percentage was a little bit better, but I yep. also know that the offense has been pretty rough. So he's probably trying to carry the load. Yeah, I, I just need him to simplify his game. When he tries to do too much, it things go off the rails really quickly. Um, when he just picks and pops or, you know, straight line drive, um, finishes in the post, that kind of stuff, he looks really good. Just really sound play finisher. Um when he tries to do these behind the back step backs and hang dribbles into a crossover drive and finish, you know, around a defender, it's like the ball ends up in the stands. So it's like, what are you doing, dude? So obviously given where Duke is, he has to do a lot of that stuff, but I kind of also think that they are where they are right now because he is doing a lot of that stuff. Um, the leash would obviously be shorter, a lot shorter in the NBA. So there are a lot of really kind of intriguing skills to work with there. I love how hard he plays. His motor's fucking incredible. Um, but I think he's a lot more raw than we may have initially thought. Um, and I, that's what that's that's exactly what I'm saying. If an NBA team believes like, hey, yeah. we're going to simplify it early on, they might have a dang good pick if they get him. And that's why I would understand if anyone took him, if they're like, hey, no, we're going to make life easier and he's going to thrive with being, you know, we want to just do this, play hard. And he'd be like, Oh, great. Awesome. All right. Uh, moving on to the second round. Um, I'm just going to go through 10 at a time. Yeah, that's fine. Let's do it. Um, all right. So at 31, Cleo Ware, 32, Duran Holmes, uh, 33, Baba Miller, 34, Jalen Wilson, 35, Andre Jackson, 36, Arthur Kaluma, 37, Derek Lively, 38, Trace Jackson Davis, 39, Julian Strother, and 40, Dylan Mitchell. Uh, you can pick one and I'll pick one. How about we do that? We'll do it fast. Or you could just give me a couple quick hitters. We don't have to go too in-depth. Um, Andre Jackson and Jalen Wilson, I have first-round grades on. Um, I, I just I really like how they play. Khalil Ware being that high still shocked me. Yeah, I... I uh... Sorry, Ducks fans. No, I, I would not have Ware or Lively in my top 40. I am starting to buy in on some Deron Holmes, Boba Miller, maybe next year. Um, I, I'm right there with you. I had Jalen Wilson and Andre Jackson in my first round. So I was a little shocked to see the little lower, but it's okay. You know, me and Metcalf are smart and no ceilings crew. We still love them. I, I really need Boba Miller to uh, start turning it on because, um, I really want to start calling him Baba Yaga from John oh Wick. Oh my Boogeyman. gosh. I so, just watched all of those the other day. So yeah, yeah, that would be unbelievable. So Baba, let's go. Let's yeah. fig- let's start figuring it out a little bit here because I need to give you a cool nickname. And um, Trace is putting up numbers right now that let's talk about him a little. Okay. We can talk about him a little. I, I tr- he's doing some crazy shit. Sorry for everyone. <laughs> uh, I just like what he's doing right now. 
And obviously he's playing extended minutes with Jalen Huchifino. So it makes a lot of sense now, but it, yep. he's doing some stuff that I'm like, okay, what are we doing here? Why, why not a first round pick? I mean, he's, he's having 20 and 20, he's having 30 and 18 and six blocks. He's, he's just been a, you, you had a tweet today. It was funny about that block. It was like, what'd you say? You're it's it like, just an older, like an older brother, just swatting his younger brother's, you know, pathetic shot away. It's like, what are you doing? But he just looks like he's playing at a different speed right now. And I think he's also got that mentality now of just like, Hey, I can, I can do this. Like, I just like his game a lot. He's nasty. And I think mm-hmm. someone's going to at least be like the same thing I just said about Phil Palski. I think someone would take TJD and be like, just do what you do. Simplify it, play tough, be a rim protector and go crazy around the basket. And he might make a very long career at the NBA of that. Cause you don't do what he's doing right now by fluke. I mean, he right. is possessed right now. I mean, His footwork is like elite of the elite. And you know what's been the biggest thing that's impressed me with TJD this year? That two could pass. Yeah. He's got some crazy vision. Like I, I just, And it's like live dribble stuff. Too. Yes. And it's out of the post and he's throwing bullets into the corner. I was like, okay, TJD's... He's starting to get it. He's starting to get like, okay, I might not be a shooter, but I can do everything. Like I I can, you know, be a garbage guy. I can finish around the basket. I can finish with power. I could protect the rim. And, you know, now we're seeing some playmaking and it's like, Hey, this is what we're talking about. If, if you don't have that outside shot, but you can all of a sudden do make an impact in a ton of different areas, they're going to find a home for you in the NBA. So got to move them back up. Like right now, would you be taking, Oh, I'll do it this or that with you. Oh, Here we go. It. I'm going to turn it back. America's favorite segment. America's favorite subject, but now I'm the host. Here we go. All right, so this or that. Um, Filipowski or TJD? Mm. See, here we go. Like, this is a – that's a so, and it's not a slander at Filipowski, but, like, no. TJD right now, I know what right. I would get. Like, right. I, would, I know what I was, was going to get. So my board says Filipowski. My heart says TJD. TJD or Cleo Ware? Oh, Trace. Yeah, and it, what about? I know what you'd say about Lively. So TJD Trace. or Deron Holmes? Uh, currently, Trace. I need to catch up on Holmes. Holmes was fun. I like doing yeah. his. He was. He's. He's a little nasty. He's got yeah. some stuff that I was not expecting to see. But okay, so that's that's all I'm saying. It's just we're interesting at entering a, an interesting world with the TJD. Shout out Hoosiers. <laughs> All right. Um, any others in that range, or are you good for forty through fifty? No, I'm good. Let's all let's right. party. Um, 41, Jaime Jaquez, 42, Mike Miles, 43, Azulis Tubelis, 44, Adembona, 45, Leonard Miller, uh, 46, C.D. Sissoko, 47, Reese Beekman, 48, Ricky Council IV, 49, Amani Bates, and 50, Coleman Hawkins. I would say, first of all, everyone that just heard this and is freaking out about the Amani Bates thing, calm down. I understand the moment that game just happened. I was like, Oh gosh, here we go. (laughs) Um, I would say there's probably one, two, this is the riser, um, section of the last big board. I think there's a lot of guys in here that are deserving to go up. Um, I just watched Tubelis live. I put, watched him against UCLA and he was having just a nightmare game and he still ended up just having like, impactful play it was a it was impressive performance because he was just a disaster in the first half he just couldn't get anything to get going and then ended up grinding out i thought it was great i still think mike miles is for sure a top 40 guy um 
Hame is just going to get overlooked, but I still think someone's going to steal him. Bona has been playing great for UCLA. Um, Metcalf like, loves them. Metcalf's like been loving them. Top 25, good. And I've been hard on him, but Leonard Miller's been putting up some numbers with the Ignite. I, I, I think he's going to be a guy that someone's going to believe in before the top 45. I'm not saying it's me, but we were, we, I mean, what is the stats when I put out the big board were 15, eight and one and one on 52% from the field, 78% from three or no, sorry, 78% from the line, 28% <laughs> for three. I just think there's, there's some stuff there that he's, he's been putting up some good numbers. So um, it's an interesting range. What about you? Um, Adembo and I have at 24. So that's the biggest difference. Um, I, I, I think he's arguing, I think he's one of the top five best defensive centers in the country right now. Um, freak athlete, incredible footwork, really, really high motor. Um, I, I'm bought all in on him right now. I like him when I saw him live um, and I was on the floor before work, I mean, before the game and shoot around, I was just like, this this guy's some nasty. Like he's he just in warm-ups is even trying to rip the basketball hoop down. He's got he just looks like a jerk to have to deal with all night. He's just powerful. And it when he starts figuring out how like just the nuances of the game and stuff about being a big man with like footwork and getting people to bite, he's just gonna be nasty. But um I like Bona a lot. I think he's making some some noise to move up. Um a couple weeks ago, I would have been like, hey, sophomore guy that everyone needs to be watching out for. And now I'm like, oh, this might be a guy that starts really making some movement. So um, the only other guy I give, I got to give a shout out to is Reese Beekman of Virginia. I just still absolutely love. I don't know how, but someone's going to steal him in the draft. Yeah, I, I I struggle with him. I'm, I still have a draftable grade on him. I have him at 53. I just, I know he's good. I just... I'm struggling to figure out what he is in the NBA. Um, Change of pace guard. just like that gadget backup guard. I yeah. think someone's going to love that though. They're going to look at that and be like, that's exactly what we want. You know, the idea of Kennedy Chandler, but bigger, <laughs> bigger, slower and more gadgety, like just shift of gears. I don't know. Yeah. I just like Beekman. I think the dude can play. Okay. Um We'll move on to 51. We have Tyrese Proctor, 52, Kevin McCuller, 53, Amari Bailey, 54, Kobe Bufkin, uh, 55, Tyrese Hunter, 56, Mojave King, 57, Terrence Shannon, uh, 58, Donovan Klingen, uh, 59, Trayvon Brazil, and 60, Taron Armstrong. I think there are two guys on this in this last 10 that I single-handedly got in there. So, woo! Yeah, I mean, I was pretty proud to see Terrence still got some love. And then last night, he just puts up a big game. He had like 24 or something, so I that's great. To see. Um, shout out Tyrese Hunter. He retweeted one of our stuff from <laughs> a while back, so now I have to move him back up. That's the rules. Everybody knows it. McCuller, I thought... McCuller, I'm, I'm struggling with because I want to move him back up because I keep seeing what he's doing. I think he's just another guy that's going to figure out a way to make it in the league. He's just, you know, good size at six, six. He kind of is one of those box score fillers. He does a little bit of everything for you. And then your boy, Kobe, I think that's going to be the name I'm going to see. I'm going to be interested to see if uh, all of a sudden we look up at the 
next month, big board and Kobe's at 42. I'm gonna be like, here we go. <laughs> so, um, what do you think? What, what do you got? Uh, yeah. And I, I have Kobe Bufkin at 31. Um, so that's probably the biggest difference for me on here. I'm, I have Tyrese Proctor at 29 still. I still really like what he is or and could be. Um, I wish they kind of let him just run the show on offense. Um, I, I, I think there's a lot to work with there. And I think if he does end up coming out this year, um, I'm not sure I'd bet on it. But if he does, I think a team could get a real steal with him in the late first, early second as just a developmental piece. Um then Taryn Armstrong, I, I I just can't quit him. Can't quit him. Yeah, this is the range where it's it's some guys that should either go back and really make some noise, or NBA teams are going to draft of off of potential a lot earlier than we're expecting. But um, you know, it it it's this is also the range where I feel like we were you always see guys at no ceilings that were high on these guys early in the year. They started all of a sudden trickle down the boards. And then it's like, well, let's see if they start having a strong stretch. If we get some believers, I I'm still Mojave King fan. I, I still think some team's going to love what he's done. He's shown some really good stuff in the G league this year. So it's going to be interesting. And I, I love that Terrence Shannon is the undertaker. He'll never leave us alone. He's going to be appearing on our big board in three years somehow. I don't know how it's going to work, but he's just, Oh man. And I swear someone's going to do it. He's going to end up being like a Celtics pick and I'm gonna be like, I can't quit him. And then he's gonna <laughs> perfect. But you know, I mean, I know. All right. Uh, a couple names that I had that didn't make it uh, KJ Adams, who I have up to 41 right now, um, which I know is very rich for 99.9% of the world. Um Keontae Johnson from Kansas State has started playing yeah, we, really, we got, really well. I think he's going to appear on the next one. We got a question about him on Twitter, and I promised someone we were going to talk about him. So can we talk about him just yeah. a little bit, like a little extended? Um, for everyone, that's a lot of people have been asking us, actually. This, is, this isn't the first time I've gotten this tweet. But a lot of people have been like, hey, what's going on with Keontae Johnson? What's going on with Keontae Johnson? And I'm like, it's one of, my, it's one of the craziest stories ever. But um, Keontae, if, if everyone remembers, he was – Florida, big recruit. He had uh, heart problems, correct? Yeah, I know. It's, it's similar to like the Demar Hamlin, Christian yeah, Erickson thing, he, where he just collapsed on the. He collapsed on the floor. He was fine. People thought he was gonna be a first round pick. Um, collapsed on the floor it was absolutely terrifying. And uh, he just transferred. I think he sat out a full year and then transferred yep. this year. So he's been playing at Kansas State. He's been playing great. Um, but he's senior, I believe. And I, he's uh, not super senior. Yeah, no, he is. He he's a grad transfer. Yeah, so super senior. So he's gonna be older. So everyone's like, "Hey, why is he?" And it's like, "Well, he's gonna be old. He, he's he's an older prospect, but he's also had less, you know, less tread on the tires because he's been trying to get himself back into this spot right now. So he's gonna be the, a wild card to keep an eye on. He's been playing great all year, and sooner or later, NBA teams are gonna start doing their due diligence and see if everything's going to work out. But that's also, he's going to have to pass medicals and background and all this stuff. So it's like, yeah, I mean, we're watching, we're always paying attention to these guys. And sooner or later we get to a point where Keontae Johnson gets brought up in our group chat and we're all discussing him for weeks and weeks and we're still talking about him. And I had him at 48, 
So I was a little shocked that I was like, whoa, okay. He didn't, he didn't make the top 60 this time for, for the squad. But I think that's, you know, you keep playing like this, you can't get ignored. So um trying to think who else I had. Yeah, oh, wait, just, just real quick on Keontae. Yeah, um, I not, yeah, I've recently moved him up to 52. I think when we submitted our rankings for this last one, he wasn't in my top 60. Um, I'm just really physical score. Uh, the shot looks good enough at least as like a spot up corner guy um he i just kind of get like a lot of jay sean tate vibes from him where he's just this really physical kind of gadget forward who will do the dirty work and has the strength to guard up has the agility and kind of athleticism and footwork to guard down um i don't think he's ever going to be a star or necessarily a starter but as that kind of dirty work do it all um sub i it wouldn't surprise me if he ends up having a really good career as that sixth, seventh, eighth guy in a rotation. I am right there with you. Um, who else, who else did you got um, that wasn't on here? Jaden Bradley. Um, I'm still really intrigued by him. I don't think he's going to be a, this year guy, uh, Tyler Burton still having my top 60. And so just go check that game log and then watch the tape. He's been having a good year. You love to see it. Um, and then the, I, I think the Marquette guys, um, OMP and also Ikodaro, um, will probably make an appearance on the next one as well. Would be my guess. I, I was a little shocked OMP didn't make it. Um, I think he'll he'll be on there. Um, I love the Missouri kids. I had them right mm-hmm. in my end of my top sixty: Demoy Hodge and Kobe they're just, Brown. They're just outside for me. They're just so fun. I, yeah. They're they're one of those things where it's like I could see them being a really late second round or a priority. You know, draft free Jay Demoy can just shoot it. Kobe's one of those six six guys that just plays like a giant and does yep. everything. Um, I haven't tried to say his name out loud first, but who's the guy from or who's the kid from Santa Clara we love? That's Stephen. Oh, uh, Br- Brandon P- Podzemski. Yeah, I love Sorry him. I butchered that, so I apologize. Um, I apologize. The funniest is when we do a we do a big board, and a guy doesn't make it, and then he gets drafted like fifty fifth in our mock draft, and I was like. <laughs> Okay, guys, come on. But no, Brandon's been putting up great numbers at Santa Clara. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think who else I had. Um, Armand Franklin from Virginia. I still, I still love like, him. I love he, him. He cooled off after that Vegas tournament, but I think he's still up he around 40% from three on like solid volume. He defends really well. Um, I, I think he just, just had like 20 like, Metcalf. I think he just had a big one too. Yeah, I'd uh, love to see it. James Najee. I, I love the no ceilings crew. Mm, haven't gotten that gone to him yet. It, well, he he's frustrating because everyone's going to look at his game log and some games he's playing in the Euro league. He's a young guy and he has some Euroleague games. He plays nine minutes and everyone's going to look at me like, okay, he's not going to drop. There is plenty of fans in draft circles. I'm just yeah. going to let everybody know that. Like I had a, a Really good scout told me, he said, hey, if he went to Texas, he'd be going in the first round. Like he, and he just had like 24. And I feel like he had like, I think his game log, he had like 17, two, two, and then all of a sudden 24. So it's just <laughs> one of those things where it's like sooner or later, we're going to have to remember James Najee. He's got a lot of fans and front offices. So don't fall in love with the stats, watch the film. But, um, Last two names, I think, for guys to keep an eye on. Uh, Naquan Tomlin from Kansas State and um, Emmanuel Miller from TCU. Just two kind of rangy, athletic, 
forward wing type guys um, who could continue to climb boards as their teams keep playing well. So that's all I got. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to get some guys that we don't give enough love to. Um, Eric Gaines has been doing some good stuff this year. Um, He's just outside my top 60. Jalen Pickett at Penn State. I know we got some fans in those ceilings. Not on my top 60, but I know he's got yeah. some fans. Um, who else am I missing out? I'm going to give a shout out to uh, Felix Okapara, actually from Ohio State, uh, their freshman center. He's not going to be a this year guy, um, but he has a block rate of almost 10. Um, his defense is awesome, and I think he could be a huge breakout along with uh, Roddy Gale at Ohio State next year. Shout out, Felix. Um, Judah Mintz. Yep. I, I think he's an extra guy. That is, but that's just me. If you know, you know why <laughs> I said that. Um, but no, hey, hey, thanks for everyone for listening to the big board. It felt good to be back. I know this is a long episode. Um, for everyone we didn't mention or talk in depth, I'm sure we're going to talk about plenty. We got a long way to go, folks. So it's been a it's been a fun one i also am still i will say one more thing i i wish there was more no ceilings guys that would believe in bryce hopkins because i just love him i love him as a college basketball player he, that dude is just a a burling beast some games i'm like look how would you stop this guy if he's, co- <laughs> if he's cooking how do you stop him he's just he's just a force but um no i just i i think he's fun to watch sometimes i'm like providence is on all right i'll watch bryce well, Rucker, this is fun. Please plug away. No ceilingsinvader.com. Go check it out. It's free. Um, I missed you all. I'm at Tyler underscore Rucker on Twitter. Message me anytime. Let's talk some drafts. You know, just hit me up. I don't bite. But uh, Metcalf, this was a great one. Thanks for everyone that listened this long. And uh, I'm excited for next week already. Can't wait. Well, once again, I'm Tyler Metcalf. You can follow me on Twitter at TeamMetcalf11. Uh, you can find all of our work at NoCeilingsNBA.com. It's 100% free. Just click that subscribe button while you're there to make sure that you never miss anything that we publish. You can follow us across all socials at NoCeilingsNBA and on YouTube at TV. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and five-star rating. Until next time, see you.